0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to Glammere. Hi, I'm Dr. Tavis Amir, and you are joining me for Glammere. I am a cosmetic dermatologist here to uplift, inspire, educate, and talk about all things beauty from the skin to the soul. This is Glammere. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Glamir. I'm here with someone, I have such a huge fan crush on Alicia Quarles. Welcome! Thank you for having me, I have a girl crush right back. Oh my gosh, so you know, as if I need to tell anybody who you are, mm-hmm. but you're basically, you're a journalist. Yes. You were, You started with the Associated Press, you've mm-hmm. been on E! News, but you've been hosting, or on the red carpet of hundreds of real events, like the Glammys, mm-hmm. the, the Glammys.
2: You, you Are you starting your own award show? I want to call be... it the Glammys! I like that. I think that's cool. But Grammys, Oscars, Golden Globes. Yes, you name it. Every red carpet, major Cannes Film Festival, I've done it, I'm a red carpet queen.
1: And also, like, you've interviewed Oprah, you've interviewed Brad Pitt. Like, hello, yeah, you're George the real Clooney, deal, <laughs> Madonna.
2: I've had a fun career. Cannot complain.
1: We were talking just before we started about how like, how you've had such a blessed career. Mm-hmm. But you know, I want to hear about the goodies about being on the red carpet. But I also want to get into like there's a lot of work that goes behind yes. the scenes yes. and you're a woman you're a you know a woman of color you're a minority but mm-hmm. you've hustled and you got there
2: and I get that so it's true I think like, you know what I always say I'm like pretty can be taken away from you and glam can be taken away from you unfortunately but nobody's going to take away your intelligence or hard work oh my god so amen went, you know and it's like look you have to put in the fundamentals so for all those little girls that tweet me and say I want to be on TV I want to say to them there's more to it than that yeah so I went to USC go Trojans and studied broadcast you got journalism mm-hmm. um, but when I was there, just because you wanted to be on air, it didn't matter to them, you had to do the fundamentals. So we had right. to learn to write for newspapers. I did tons of internships. You had to learn how to write. You had which to learn how so to write. What people don't know how to do that. Yeah. Even I like, like realized how difficult that was. It's just you know? a great skill. and Even now I still write print articles because it's a skill I never want to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you had to learn how to shoot video, edit on Final Cut. So when I left college I had all these skills. Yeah. yeah so I started as a producer with the Associated Press. Um, and, and cover- that's something I don't know if
1: a lot yeah. of people realize. You started at the Associated did, Press, like hard-hitting journalism. Hard-hitting
2: news, yeah. it was some
1: of the stuff that I've seen that you've covered? It was really funny, I was reading about you and I saw that you covered Ronald Reagan's funeral. I was just going to bring that up. But wait, can I just tell you before I hear about this, I was like, girls, girls young. How did she, how was she at his inauguration? I don't understand. I messed up inauguration and With funeral. The funeral, and I was like, "How You're is like, she wait, old enough? She must have been three years old when that I was happened." About one when like he went she into started
2: <laughs> soon. I, I really, but I'm like, "Oh wait, funeral, okay, oh, wait, funeral. wait, wait." <laughs> so I graduated college when I was 20, so I started a little young. But yeah. yeah, I remember that was one of my first big assignments when he died, and I remember having to sneak into Bel Air, and I was in like the poison Ivy across the street from his mansion. Mm-hmm. But you know, we were out, we were doing a stakeout and that weekend was also like the MTV awards. Mm-hmm. So I think the next Were you day, covering both? I covered both, yeah. And I, you were with the Associated Press at the That's the AP at that time. And so then I would do hard news and I would also do entertainment. Mm-hmm. So but AP, you know, I wanted to be on air. They didn't have anybody that was on air and they wanted us to be behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But I still would, like, whenever I went in the field, I would do my stand ups and I was really bad. Yeah. I was nervous. Like, what do you mean, like stand up, like, like on the spot interviews? Yeah, see, Those yes. are hard. So stand up is like basically, I wanted to create my own reel. So mm-hmm. it'd be like Alicia Corals uh-huh. on the scene of blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. Or, you know, and it wasn't easy and they're uh-huh. hard, but I, I was yeah. like, this is what I want to do. I've just got to keep putting myself out there. Yeah. And eventually, I had a little reel. It wasn't good, but. Throughout the years, you know, I got promoted and came up and up and came to New York to run the East Coast TV department for AP. Um, and then started when I break news, I would go on air, so like Fox News is where I really started. Uh-huh. I would go on air and talk about my stories, and from then I became the global entertainment editor. I oversaw a staff of about 60 people, yeah, I was I saw writing, that editing, working. It's amazing. And then eventually, I went to E. It's
1: so crazy because, um, breaking news, I yes. always like. Uh, for example, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on in the news, and when you see breaking news and you see these reporters, um, I remember watching, like, for example, Ashley Banfield yeah. when the whole rock kind of thing happened. and mm-hmm. I know I sound so I'm just dumbing it down, but she was on TV a lot, and she was
2: always on. And you know, there are times where she just looked exhausted. Yes. Did that happen? Yes, to you? it's very true. I know Ashley; she's an awesome person. But yeah, I mean, when, when there's breaking news, when something like uh, Katrina happens, even though at the time at AP I was in entertainment you still cover it mm-hmm. you know those inaugurations those really big events yeah you were exhausted um when we were there my co-worker in broke the death of whitney houston yeah you were there her, for that yeah, right? i was her boss at the time so ultimately i had to be the one to say yes put out that news to the world then i arranged for all the cameras to be in whitney's funeral so the footage you, you all, arranged yeah all wow so the footage you all saw is what i had like we didn't sleep for weeks mm-hmm. michael jackson died you know we don't sleep for weeks because you have to find out how did he die what happened? You're getting all this misleading information. Who do you get your information from? Because they always say inside sources. Like,
1: who are these inside sources? Well,
2: you know, a good reporter never gives away their sources. Well, it's but funny. <laughs> I, but, but,
1: no, I would love for you to tell me, like, who are they really, like, family members? Like, you just can't it say. It can be. No, no, yeah. it can
2: range. It can be family members. It could be publicists. It could be somebody that's with the police department. I mean, sources come from everywhere. It could be hairdressers. Yeah. You know, these are people that you've built relationships with. It could be the actual celebrity. They want the information out there, but they don't want to be exposed. And they want to control how it gets out there. Yeah. We had
1: somebody um, on here who told us that the way they get their sources is they hire girls to ride the elevators at like award ceremonies. It's because that's when people talk. They talk in elevators and they talk in bathrooms. So True, he hires do. girls to like hang out in elevators and bathrooms because that's when you hear the chatter like you think you're alone. It's
2: smart. See, there's there's certain ways to do it. That's not mm-hmm. I, how I would do it because it's not really ethical. You oh, know, I never no, pay, I never pay sources. <laughs> yeah. It's different, you know, but I'm not knocking it, but i never ever pay sources. It's not my thing. Uh-huh. You know, just I think the big thing is break bread with people. Uh-huh. Go have a drink with somebody. Go take them to dinner and also with your sources. Check in with them just to say hi. Don't just call somebody when you need something. And exactly. that's important in life. No, I agree. Well, it's different kind of journalism,
1: yeah. right? So, um, but you know, so I, I have you asked me how long I've had this podcast it's yeah. been coming up on a year now congratulations thank you but you know the thing that people don't understand is it's Hard work. Yes. I'm not asking anybody to like cue the violins, but you know, I remember being in this conference with this girl and she was like, Oh, well, who gets your guests for you? I'm like, you get your guests I guests get my you, guests. <laughs> who who writes your questions for you? I write my questions. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I do everything. And then up till the point that I'm getting here, I'm still scribbling notes because when I'm interviewing you, I want you to feel like I already know who you are. Yes. Because I've been on the other side where people have no idea who I am and they ask questions that I'm like, You know, you could have like had a little research, had a little please? bit yeah. of Google in you and gotten <laughs> five (laughs) out so it's hard work and I want to kind of speak to that. Like, I think one of the things I love talking about are women, and especially young girls, knowing that there are role models out there that yes. aren't just, you know, Instagram models. Yes. Nothing wrong with that
2: because that's their thing. But that's not the only thing. That's not the only thing. And and that's what it is. I think, you know, yeah, we, we live in New York. Mm-hmm. You and I are, are privileged to certain things, but we work really hard. Yeah. So, you know, a typical day might be I get up at 5 a.m., you know, I do a report for today's show. Mm-hmm. And then after that, because I still write, I'm probably breaking in a breaking. A news story, you know that yeah. I'll write for any of my outlets that I work for. Yeah, I could go host a special for VH1. Yeah, and then of course you've got meetings, other things, and then there's a premiere at night that I have to cover. Yeah, um, so. you're always on the go. Always, always on the go. Because I think if the you're keys, not somebody else will be. Somebody else will be. Yeah. And, and another thing too is keeping your energy
1: high. Yes. Because I know that's exhausting. Like I was in LA, LA, and um, I had to sh- not had to. I was privileged. I don't want to say had to because I I booked five guests at my show out there. Amazing. And I was like, I got up that morning. I'm like coffee, water, jumping jacks, yes. let's get this Yes, going. let's get it going, it's <laughs> yeah. so true, yeah. But I find that while I'm doing it, I'm on a high. Like, are you finding that
2: that's how you are too? You're on an absolute high. So like Sunday, I co-hosted, um, for Anna Winter and Vogue, live from the Tony Awards, mm. and you know, doing so any live cool. shows, exhausting. Like yeah. it, the, well, but you're on a high. I've never hosted the Tony show, But you will, darling. <laughs> the glammies. So never know. The glammies. But, you know, the next day, like, literally, my body hurt. Because yeah. you, you put your all into it and you're on a high. And the next day, it, it, it physically, you hurt. But yeah. you just got to keep going. But, yeah. you know, it's like it
1: beats sitting in a cubicle. Well, it's absolutely. And you know what? Every single time, I, I never feel like, oh, my God. I feel like, wow, I'm really tired. But, like, I'll get up that morning and I'll be like, listen let's stop and think about the fact that I'm in Los Angeles, yes. I'm in New York City, I'm, I'm walking into CBS and I have a show. Like, come on, it's awesome. I work my tail off to get here. So, but the funny thing is while I'm doing it, I'm so much energy Then I'm so exhausted the next day. Yes. And um, people are like, how do you do it? How do you do it? For me, I have, I can't drink. Like I know that's, that's it I, unless it's like unless it's like a party that has yeah. nothing to do with work I can't drink how about how you, you? I
2: can't I can drink in the week definitely because um, I'm always some Yeah, some event yeah. but like not too crazy I think what's the one thing I don't get a lot of sleep so yeah I'm 34 right now I don't know I don't know what it is the grace of God you know I do work out I eat pretty well don't just cut back on your
1: alcohol yeah that's, yeah. I mean that was that's pretty much the same thing because yeah. my sleep hasn't changed yeah see and, and sometimes you figure out what hard. works for and you and sometimes
2: it's hard to shut your brain down it is hard and I find I have to work out like if mm-hmm. I don't work out my energy won't be high see I stopped working out you know and why? She's this big, you guys. She's tiny. <laughs> okay.
1: I love you, now I hate you. No, no, you know what it is. Um, I love the endorphins of working out, and I freaking love it, and I miss it. But I found that the guilt from not getting up. Like for me in yeah. order to work out, I have to tell you, it was a tough decision. In order for me to work out, I have to get up at 6 in the morning, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And uh, oftentimes I can't shut my brain down until midnight, 1 o'clock. So you, like, you need the extra hour sleep yeah. versus, yeah. It was more of like a choice that I made because I thought I could I could say that I'm going to work out, not work out, and then feel, feel immense guilt about mm-hmm. that or just say, you know what, I'm not going to work out, I'm not going to feel bad about it, but I'll get my exercise other ways. We can walk in New York.
2: Yeah, we do walk everywhere. You know? I like you for like not having that guilt because it's true, when I don't work out, I feel so guilty. Yeah. But so some days it's just not feasible. And can I tell you something
1: about guilt and um, what that does to you? like physiologically. Just break it down. Well, yeah, it hikes up your cortisol levels. Your cortisol levels um, are increased when you're under stress and okay. the guilt is a form of stress. And guess what that does? Puts weight on you.
2: This is smart I'm woman. Hello. You.
1: So I, I medically St- read. I was gonna it. say
2: <laughs> smart woman. Okay.
1: So how do you stay happy? Because um, you know I know that you've had a lot of personal mm-hmm. changes in the past year, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, you know, we all go through this as women. Yeah. Like we're just like I mean, there are times where I want something to happen so badly, career wise, and it just hasn't hit yet. Right, right. And I'm just like, oh, it's never gonna happen. Right. And I get disappointed. And I've learned that I can't stay sad for too long. Because I just can't. You just can't. So, you've had a lot of changes. I'd love for you to share with us.
2: Yeah, I mean, I have the past couple years. um, My best friend died of cancer, went through divorce, switched jobs and careers. And so, I mean, that's like three three things things. at once. Yeah. And so, I think it's a few things. I think Mm -hmm. I made certain certain things are out of my control. Like Mm -hmm. losing my friend wasn't in my control. Mm But what was in my control is to carry on her legacy and mm-hmm. to raise awareness about ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. So how old of, was she? She's Thirty-four. That's so. That's so sad. It's. it's I mean, it's. It's scary because it. It's. It's so young. And, yes. But it's not unheard of. It's not unheard of, and you yeah. know, in those moments where I was feeling sad, I do something. Like I just wrote this article for Time. Mm-hmm. It'll be um, out June 27th, and it was. It's about her. So. I you know started working with bright pink so I, instead of being sad I get I get I put it into action yeah and then also it's just about being grateful mm-hmm. okay so these things aren't in your life anymore but look what God has brought you look at all the other stuff so I know what you're saying about sometimes you want something so badly oh, maybe, yeah. it's maybe it's a marriage to work maybe it's career my mom always says, be still and get out of your own way. Yeah. And so just be easy. You can only do what you can do. Yeah, And just be grateful. Life is good. Life is good, right? Yeah. I think the gratitude
1: is, that, you know, this is the thing. I was talking to somebody, and she was one of my first podcast interviewees, and she had had a near-death experience. But she didn't really talk too much about what happened as she was dying. She talked about the fact that when she came out of it, she was trapped in her body. She was in a coma but completely aware. Uh, like, she she was able to, um like, not a coma where she was completely, completely unconscious. Mm-hmm. She was awake but she was intubated and she could hear things. She could she knew people were in the room, but she's like, "Do you understand what it was like that I couldn't talk? I couldn't move. I couldn't move? Yeah. The only thing I had is my mind to get me through it." And I remember getting goosebumps because She's in her body trapped, and all she had was her mind. And she was strong enough to. If she had a negative attitude on life, she probably wouldn't have made it. It's true. It's true. But right? she's a
2: survivor. Yeah.
1: And it taught me even more the power of a positive brain.
2: Yeah. It's, it's it's really like, and also I think you know I'm I'm spiritual, and I'm not somebody that's gonna you know believe in what you believe in. But for me, God never gives you more than you can bear. Yeah. And I look at how I was what two they years say. ago. You know, I feel I I feel like okay, you're a woman now. Like you've gone through some things. Yeah. And you survived. And I wasn't like built to break, you know. Right. So you yeah. just gotta, yeah, you gotta look at the joyful things in life, look at the great people in your life. Because out of bad things, you, you see people's, you know, true identities. Yeah. So, so I've cleaned house a lot, but I have so many good people in my life. And how is it now being single woman? Okay, it's fun, actually. Right? Yeah. I don't like that
1: word single. It doesn't mean like it doesn't, it's not a bad thing. guess like, I can go home whenever I want. I can sleep as late as I want. Um I don't have to exactly how we left them. Exactly. <laughs> no one's got the toilet. I mean, there's not bad things not and I mean bad. with men too. It's like there's something, be grateful if you're single because there's a lot of great things about it. Like exactly, yeah. you know,
2: we all sit there and we're taught to feel bad. Yeah. We are taught to feel bad. And it's funny because the first year it was like hard. I would never lived by myself, really, if I mm. thought about it. So I had to get to know me again, yeah. which was scary sometimes. But I mean, we live in New York. Being single is fun. Dating is fun. Yeah. But even forgetting about the
1: dating and the single part, sometimes it's just a huge adjustment from being married to being yes. on your own. Yes.
2: And how did you find that you got through that? Um, I have incredible friends and family. Yeah. Like incredible. So I'm really close to my parents and my sister. So if I ever need anything, they're right there. Mm. And then just these group of friends I have here in the city. And I think because we're all from somewhere we else in New York, system. you've got to have that support system. And I'm lucky that I have, and my little dog, Beckham, is always there. I gotta get an animal, yeah, but yeah, I really travel too much. You do too, so I do who am talk talking yeah, about? Yeah, let's bring him so. with you.
1: Um, what, are there any books that you're reading right now that you like, that you felt? And I hate being answered, asked that question yes. because there's usually never a book I'm reading that I can refer to right at that moment, but there have been books in the past that have helped me. I
2: just read The Paris Wife. So it's about er- Ernest Hemingway's first wife, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. I read it when I was in LA in like two days. And I really? read that person that goes through a book. It's just so interesting. So it's about how she was, you know, helped him in his career, funded his career, and at the height of his career, he left her for uh-huh. her best friend. Oh Lord! And it's about how she got through that. But uh-huh. it's just it's, it's a fascinating book. So that one I really liked. Just a good read. I'm left look at that. My all time favorite, like for that sort of genre, is The
1: Alchemist. And I'm sure yes. you've read that. Yes, so good. I, I remember finishing that book thinking, Oh my God, I'm never gonna read a
2: book this good ever again. <laughs> it's, it's a book you can reread. Like it's yeah, so good. It's time. It's so it's good. Time. And then like as far as getting through hard times, people were sending me like self help books. All these books, I'm just not that girl. I tried them; they're mm-hmm. all on my bookshelf. Yeah, I just I was like, I'm, I'll be all right. <laughs> the
1: funny thing about self-help books are the following: like they're they have great words, but like for example, I have a friend who was going through a breakup, and I sent, and she was acting so victimy, like look yeah. what he did to me. And so I sent her this book to basically be like, girl, get out of this whole victim mentality. Right. And she literally would photocopy, or sorry, screenshot. Um, passages and send this to me, saying, "I need to send this to him. Look Ooh. what he's doing." And so I was didn't like, "Really help oh, her, oh, oh Lord." It was like I, I was like, "No, boo. This is for you to read, not for you to read and think of him." You know, right over her head. Yeah, she was like, "I got to send this to him. Look what he's doing to me." And I was like, "No, no, no. You're doing that to, you. to yourself." Exactly. So I'm like, "Forget the self-help. That's bill. Funny. Forget it," because she's just gonna look at every passage like, "That's it. I was right. He was wrong." <laughs> she's still angry, or did she get over it? No, she's still angry. Okay, but it's been like four years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, she stay angry. That's all right.
1: It's not nothing I can you can help. God can help. Jesus can fix it. <laughs> Jesus can fix it. <laughs> <laughs> fix it, Jesus. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking all things beauty from the skin to the soul. This is Glam Mirror with Dr. Taba Samir. So moving on to like entertainment. Yes. Um, you know, you had a career change with that. Mm-hmm. Um you're amazing on TV. You. You're just so you're so you have such a great, you know, energy Thank and you. you ask questions that aren't stupid. <laughs> Appreciate you saying that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, how do you single yourself out? Because there are a lot of people out there doing what you right. do, or trying to do what you do. Really badly want
2: to be in your position, and they just didn't put in the work ahead of time. And that's it. I think you know, no matter what, if you don't put in the work ahead of time, mm-hmm. it, you're gonna fall at some point. Yeah. So you know, you work with great producers, and they help prepare you. They help with questions. But the point is, I always do the research. Like yeah. I will do it on my own, and people like work with me because of that. They know mm-hmm. that I'll do it. And I think how you separate yourself is don't try to be anybody else. Right. Yeah. All of us have our own special, unique gifts. So. So when I'm on air, I never try to dumb myself down. Yeah. I know what I know. I can go toe to toe on politics. I can go toe to toe on whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'm also the girl that loves fashion, so yeah. I'm not gonna let anybody belittle me because I like certain things. I'm smart woman mm-hmm. who likes makeup and fashion. That's mm-hmm. okay, that's me. Girl, that's fine, I get it. You know what's
1: really funny about politics is um, I actually don't care about politics. Not even this cycle? I do this cycle because it's so, Absolutely obnoxious and fascinating yes. with the Hillary Clinton. That this is a unique situation. But I honestly have to tell you, for the most part, I I don't know why I'm so jaded. I just feel it doesn't matter who gets in there. They're never going to really be able to do what they want. That's how a lot
2: of Americans feel, though. Yeah, and I think that's that's why you see people like Trump. You know getting where he is, because people are like, look, we've tried everything else, just give this guy a go.
1: Well, I mean, I think Trump just spews out whatever he wants to say. He just like, you know, he just says whatever he wants, and it just resonates with people, because people are fed up, and I can understand why he's so polarizing, because people actually believe he can do something. You right. Know? He
2: spits out whatever he wants, but yeah. the thing without is without any kind of like there's no repercussion. <laughs> no fact checking, but there's also no repercussions. Yeah. This man says whatever he I wants. Know. And, he's, and that's been infuriating. Yeah. Like, you know,
1: why is it that he is allowed to say whatever he wants? Right. And no one's like, listen, what you're saying is incorrect. That's what's fascinating to me.
2: And I think though, Trump is not, you know, whatever your politics are, Trump isn't the problem. It's the people voting for him. He obviously yeah. represents a whole lot of people in this country that yeah. feel that way, and that's the scary part. The scary part for me is I hope that it's it's called the
1: United States of America. Mm-hmm. My parents came here because it was the United States That's right. of America, That's right. and I, I just don't want it to change. It's, I, he's changing it to I feel the divided states of America. I agree, and
2: you know his stance on immigration. You know his current wife is an immigrant. Mm-hmm. Ivana was Ivanka was an his I- immigrant. mother
1: was an immigrant. Yes, our country like, is an immigrant. So
2: it's Donald Trump's mother is an immigrant. Like
1: it's, it's scary. It's, it's so bizarre to me. So it's like if you're only an immigrant from a certain kind of country, right. then you're not allowed it. Right. Like
2: how is that any different than like you know. Hitler, I mean, God. I agree. And then at this time, you know, everything that happened in Orlando, to still be focusing on, you know, he said, you know, I was right, you guys, blah, blah, blah. Now, what about those victims? What about those families? And so it's it's scary. Yeah. So, um, back to yeah no, we digress yeah <laughs> we
1: digress no I mean that's this is why I do care about politics but I, I there's something that you said that really resonated with me that you said be yourself the first time I ever had to do TV I was freaking out like I, I just was like oh my god like, I'm talking like TV cameras like it network it's you know though. yeah not like a little interview where I'm talking about Sunblock I'm talking like where I had to and I remember my friend is friends with Chris Cuomo one yeah. of the casting girls and he called me up Chris freaking I, Cuomo
2: okay that's amazing I
1: mean she she was definitely like helped him call me but you know she had like I want you to talk to my friend Chris I'm like Chris Cuomo okay and this is what he said and I, and it's so cliche but he's like Tabasum, just be yourself he's right. everyone else is taken mm-hmm. and I know everyone's heard that but Chris Cuomo told me that I mean,
2: that's, that's <laughs> a pretty good advice like before like, your first appearance that's pretty good yeah and I was like you know
1: what? He's right. Yeah. Just be me. Do you. Um, and it's it's just bizarre because it doesn't matter how much preparation you have. It still can be nerve-wracking. It can be. Do you
2: still get nervous? I don't get nervous doing TV. I get nervous public speaking. Oh, really? And I have to do it all the time. So yeah. I hosted a charity event on Tuesday. Uh-huh. Let's see. I've hosted it for the past four years. But it's still the scariest thing to me. Like I get nervous. Mm-hmm. But um, being on TV, no, I love it. It's like my natural high. But yeah. Public speaking? No thanks.
1: Well, probably because public speaking has a lot to do with a live audience. Yes, and, you and, know, and you could get
2: that immediate feedback if you're failing, if yeah. you're not. Like, yeah. it can go either way. So, yeah.
1: I've had a couple of moments. I actually, um, it's funny because when I was in my medical school and my residency training, I was young like you. Mm-hmm. You said you graduated college when you were 20. Yeah. I did too. I started medical when I was All 20, right. and I remember we had these things called grand rounds, where once a week the residents had to come in and talk about a medical you know, thing, like some kind of medical disease or you know, whatever. And I remember thinking, holy shit, I'm sitting here giving this speech about this particular disease in front of men and women who have been practicing this since years before I was born. But I that, bet you knocked it out. But that was scary. That, that's scary. like that was frightening because I I had to double and triple check every fact and I still got gr- no. I mean it was we got grilled. We got what's the word? Just completely annihilated. Like we just did. And but don't you think if you survive that, you can do anything? That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah because cool. of that. Public speaking doesn't scare me anymore. Okay, okay. Because that was hella scary. Got it. You know, like, so you can find something in you that's worse than what you're doing when you're in that moment.
2: I'm gonna use that next time. Yeah. Think about. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're think right. Think about
1: like I would rather be public speaking now than doing 400 squats at the gym. True story. <laughs> True story. Okay, I like <laughs> or this. Or something else that yeah. makes you nervous. Yeah, because yeah. there have been times where I get up there, and I get a little nervous, and I think, you know what? These are not the doctors that I know will rip me apart after I'm done. These guys are actually there to enjoy my company. Support. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's so,
2: good, you. are you involved? Than any kind of charities and things like that. I, I know that am, you are. Yeah, I am. So one of my big passions. I love students. Like mm-hmm. I feel like my mom. My mom's an educator. My dad's a newspaper president. So really invested in the community. So I work with this organization called Urban Tech, mm. and they bring math and sciences to inner city kids. So that's important. Oh, that's great. Um, and then also I work with Bright Pink. So it's an organization that you know helps with ovarian cancer, breast cancer prevention and awareness. So those are my two. And did you start doing that since um, the the ovarian cancer, breast cancer from um, DM? Yeah, Yeah. so she, my friend started an organization called MedGift, which is Mm -hmm. a patient gift registry. Um, And one of her greatest, I guess, um, wants was for her patient advocacy to carry on. Mm -hmm. So I promised her I would do that. So yeah, so we do, and we make it understandable. So we do seminars and workshops, we get doctors involved. Mm -hmm. um, And we just keep everybody like afloat on what's new, what's happening, so yeah. What's kind of next on the horizon for you with Workwise? Um, okay, oh my gosh, you know what? There's always something. Like yeah, I'm hosting a few red carpets that I've gotten hired for. Writing for Time, still working for AP. Uh-huh. So I've been freelancing. Eventually, I have to sign a contract. I know, but do you uh, kind of enjoy this freelance? I am period? enjoying it a it's lot because like, you definitely were like contractually obligated yes. for a long time for a long for a three and a half years. Yeah. So it's really nice to have this this time where I can just do what I want to do. So I'm doing stuff for Fandango. So every day is a different project and I, I like it. Do you feel like
1: this digital network, this a digital meeting, because like a medium is is blowing up because I, when I started doing for Zoom, this podcast thing, there are people who literally don't know what podcast was. Which is scary. I'm like, you get on demand TV, right? Yeah. This is like on demand radio. Right, right, like, right. I have to look at it like that. Right. Like, oh, it's a generation thing. Like people who are like above, I want to say 35. I agree. May not get it as quick. And I, that's terrible because I'm above 35. But I'm saying, like, they just don't seem to get it as much as, like, people who are 25 or Cause 15. People, yeah, because
2: that's how people are, like, younger people, that's how they get their news, their information. They don't have cable, they're not yeah. watching TV, they're doing everything digitally. Like, yeah. I would never work at a company that didn't have a digital footprint. Like, yeah. it's just not, you know, it's, and I'm saying this as somebody, my father was a newspaper president. All of that is dying. Mm-hmm. TV is dying, newspapers are dying, everything's digital. Okay, so let's talk about reality TV. Yeah, okay. um, I was on a reality TV show. What show? Um, I it ha- was
1: a singles project on Bravo, but it was like a little blip a couple years ago. Okay, okay. See, I guess. You know, I did we'll it, see what happened okay. next. Yeah, but that was where I figured I had this. I realized I had this voice because before then I was in my office. I was at little speeches. I maybe little interviews. When I did that, it was like, oh my god! It was like I was given this this realization platform. that I yeah this platform but also realized, oh my god I'm actually not bad at this yes. you know so it propelled me forward because I finally felt like I felt I had that passion yeah. I never felt that practicing medicine really I, nope never that surprised me with all. because that's a uh-huh. hard field all it that is dedication. a hard field and I did it because I am um, smart mm-hmm. and I had good grades mm-hmm. and I, I was a gunner as we called it yep. but I never felt that passion so you are pushed into that direction I didn't I pushed myself interesting but at, and when I found the actual practice of it I didn't love it it was a lot of bureaucracy Mm-hmm. Imagine you're the smartest, most intelligent physicians, and you're dealing with bureaucrats who basically don't allow you to treat a patient because of the insurance issues, or you have yeah, patients yeah. that aren't um, compliant because they just don't want to be. They want to be, and it was frustrating for me. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I felt like I was spinning in circles sometimes. Yeah, I can understand that. You know, so when I get on a media platform, I'm like, oh my god, people are are wanting to listen you found your calling. Yeah. So um with reality TV back to yes. that um what do you think it's going ha- to like where it's going with it because I know that's not your genre but you definitely you interview A-list yeah. and you interview reality people. You
2: know where do you think it's going? For a while there I thought reality TV is going to reach a tipping point, the oversaturation point, but I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, yeah. you look at now there's no difference between Hollywood stars, movie stars, and Kardashians—yeah, like that's—you know what I mean? Like, there's just not there's not a line anymore. Also, it's not going anywhere because it's cheap to produce. Yeah. So, you know, scripted programming is really expensive. Mm -hmm. Reality program is cheap, and everybody wants their 15 minutes, and they're always going to have a plethora of people that want to do that. Now, what about the content in reality? Because this is really interesting.
1: um, I find how much more negative can it get? Like, I've had I've had people (sighs) like Bravo contact me. Um, and, and they want to be like no we really want to change the dynamics of what we're doing it we're tired of the negativity we want to bring something new to it
2: i wish i could believe it i get i can't believe that because people let's be real when you watch reality tv you're watching cuz of the drama you're watching yeah. cuz you want to see teresa flip a table you know you're watching mm-hmm. cuz you want to see the shenanigans i don't per- I watch a lot of reality tv i, I, don't, I know tune in but i get i'm getting I want tired kumbaya of it. moments well i
1: kind of want some kumbaya like you know like it's 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 like if you are friends first and then you have a falling out it's more meaningful to yeah. me and then how you resolve it, rather than episode one, minute three, you're already, punching each other. True. But like, there, I mean I could watch a UFC fight for that.
2: There's some good reality TV. Like my friend I'm um, Todd Grizzly from Crisley knows best. Yeah, well
1: he's I, he's, he's, he's hilarious. family based. Exactly.
2: So there is some out there. I mean, but when you watch, like I watch Love and Hip Hop, which is so ratchet and I shouldn't I even be watching it. But see, but that's okay, the reason Love and Hip Hop is
1: good, because they know they they know that's what they got. That's yeah. it, If you're gonna watch Love and Hip Hop, you're not looking for, you know, a Bible study class. No, not at all. I'm, you're looking yeah. to get some kind of drama. I get it. Um but I'm talking like shows like for example, I don't even know if you ever heard of this. Um, the Atlanta and there's an LA version of Little Women, who oh, are like women, yeah. they're like little housewives. Yeah, I've never seen <gasps> it, but I have know you know never, it is. Seen I've it? never seen it. That's like the lowest common, like low hanging fruit all across the board. <laughs> Literally, you have, I'm just gonna... you have Little Women. Okay, first of all, that's like I feel like okay, that's already one thing. Right, right. And, I, and then they're all um, exactly like one is a stripper, one's pregnant by a boyfriend who doesn't want to be with her, and it's like they they get into fights, and I'm like, oh my god. I feel like see, I'm watching a circus. I was going to say,
2: that sounds actually kind of bad. I don't know if I want to watch But I'm thinking, that's is that what people want now? Yeah, because the ratings do well. Like, look at the shows. Like, my friend Jason and Juliana had the show, Rich in Faith. They were producing. I don't even know how well it did. It was about a pastor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people want to see, you know, I think people want to see Ratchet, unfortunately. It's too bad because I would like for people to see a little Ratchet. Agree, okay. and a lot more of how do
1: we come out of the ratchet with like, some goodness? Yeah, you got to produce a show then. Yeah, yeah. I was um, it's funny because I was just in LA, and everybody there is like reality. I mean, everybody, you think it is here, everybody, everybody there, there, is. there is, and um, it's it's always like, what can they? I had one girl who was literally writing down lines. For that, her re- reality show? Yeah, like what oh. she was going to say in case she was confronted by somebody. Like wrote, writing them down That's and scary. T- saying them to us. Like, what do you think about this? Like, you know how Bethany was like, get off my jock. Yeah, yeah. And like, she wanted she, a catchphrase? She wanted catchphrases because she knew it would get her more airtime.
2: I, I, look, I guess if you're going to do it, be the best that ever did it. Like, More power to you, girl. I think it's
1: funny, but I just, I, I have a love-hate relationship with reality. But um, I, I, the reason like I like the Housewives of New York, for example, is that they're all friends. That they're, fight. They're not just strangers trying to get in each other's business. They're
2: friends that fight. I know some of them. But this season's so negative. I actually I have a hard time watching
1: this season. I do, too. Yeah. I'm friends with them, too. And yeah. I had Dorinda. I talked to her the yeah. other day. I'm like, girl, how do you keep it, how do you keep it positive? How does she? She's you one, know one of my what? favorites. She said to me something so smart. She's like, I don't take it home with me. It's a job. You know? She's like, you know, whatever happens there, it's like, I don't take it home with me. And I know a lot of people in reality that do take it home yeah, with me. It's it's, yeah, this season's a little toxic. Like, it I is. want to support it's them, intense. but like, ladies, stop screaming at each other and calling each other sluts. Stop. And you know what's funny? When I want to relax, I don't want to like see people fighting when exactly. I relax. <laughs> exactly. Like, 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 It's
2: like jarring, <laughs> like, yes. You, blah,
1: blah, blah. So um, I just love like, for, you know, I just love everything that you're about in terms Thank of like you. your positivity. And I'm, I'm happy to have met you. Thank you for and, having me. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd love to have you on again someday. Maybe we could talk about a show that you're covering, but I just Let's wanted people to get the sense of like, there's a lot more to you than the glam Thank you. that they see. Uh, and it's substance and people need to know that, especially if they wanna like follow in your footsteps.
2: I very much appreciate that. Cause this is a double edged sword. You yeah. know? Going to E was such a great time, but then, you know, people now associate, they dumb you down when yeah. you don't need to be. So I appreciate that. Yeah. If I
1: could ask you just for the parting words for anyone yeah. listening, if somebody wanted your job in five years, what advice would
2: you tell them? I would tell them the advantage people have now is that you have the internet, right? So, like, when I was coming out of college, nobody had blogs. Like, that just, that hadn't started yet. I wish If you want to be, do what I'm doing in five years, do it now. Yeah. Like, create your blog, create your That's podcast, put your voice out there. That way, not only do you have a platform, you start. Using your 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 skills and improving them. Did that come out? Yeah.
1: That's the best advice ever. Thank Honest you. Honest to God, just do it now. Do it. Everyone, just do it now. That's it. Um, I loved having you on. Ah,
2: thank you for having me. I'd love Yay. to have you back sometime. What's oh, your What's your social media and everything so people? Oh, can? so it's Alicia A L I C I A L and then Q U A R L E S. That's my Snapchat, my Instagram, my Twitter, everything. I'm gonna follow you on Snapchat I'll now. You back, girl.
1: <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you. It's good.